Welcome to the Brother, Brother, Brother podcast. I'm your host, Wyndham Lewis. I'm here with my brother, Jeremy Sartori. It is a Brother, Brother podcast. And we thought this is uh, sort of a charitable number um, with everybody sort of uh, slowly escaping, uh, but largely still locked in. Uh, we thought we would um, kind of do something that we've been asked, I think, uh, independently by a lot of different people, and that is to uh, go, you know, sort of run down our favorite music documentaries of all time. Everybody's consuming content at an insane rate, and you kind of feel like you've come to the end of Netflix or the end of Amazon uh, or HBO Max, but we are here to hopefully fill in a few blanks and give you some new ideas. Yeah. Um, for some rock and roll documentaries, new and old. I, uh, Are you watching I, a lot of docs, Jer? Yeah, I mean, I think I've come to the end of my Amazon uh, subscription or, or viewing achievement when I'm watching a, a sound engineer on the Queen is Dead, the Smiths album, uh, <laughs> you know, give me the insights to the band's inner workings without one member actually being on the documentary. So, um, But there are, we're going to talk about far better documentaries than the making of the Queen is Dead on Amazon Prime, which uh, when you get through all of these, um, you, uh, you can, you can try out, but, uh, yeah, no, I, yeah. I, um, I think, you know, content is streaming is king anyways. It's kind of been taking over slowly and we've all been stuck inside and, um, you and I are a rare, maybe I think a rare breed in the sense that we can really watch any music doc. Um, you know, we, we both are big fans of VH1 series behind the music on anybody from meatloaf to, uh, you know. Uh, run DMC, poison. <laughs> poison, yeah, but um, but there's some uh, you know some real I think masterful pieces of of uh, art in the documentary sector, especially around music, um, and that's what we're we're kind of here to talk about some of those, and then some of the the lesser ones. There's a couple different like um, genre. First some of all, genres. I guess out of the big networks, like who do you think has the 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 catch all? Like do you? Do you think Showtime, Netflix, like out of all the, the big kind of streaming services these days, like you know, who, who has it? I kind of float dude, around, so. I'd say like the biggest um, budget and, you know, sort of biggest productions are tend to be these like four-hour auteur-driven HBO docs. I mean, yes. you know, Peter George Bogdanovich's, Harrison. Tom Petty, uh, Martin Scorsese's, um, George Harrison, and uh, Rolling Stones docs. Scorsese also um, did the Dylan one that came out recently too, right? Correct. Yep. Um, Rolling Thunder review, um, but I, you know, there's a whole, you know, I mean, the, you get in. It's sort of like music's, you know, the taxonomy of music. It's you know, you get in these, and then you get these subgenres of subgenres, and and, um, you know, you have the the big budget again, auteur driven. Uh, Elvis is the searcher, those kinds of things. But then you have, you know. Things the, the funny thing for me, I guess, with music documentaries is it doesn't my musical tastes don't line up with my musical documentary tastes. I will happily watch a four hour documentary on a band or an artist that I don't really like because I'm fascinated by the life and, and what drove them to make, uh, you know, the variety of music they made. Um, I would watch a you know, I would gladly watch a six six part Jimmy Buffett documentary right now, and um, <laughs> yeah. as I think we all know I'm not a big fan. No, I think. He but made it, our, they uh, do run the gamut from these. 
Yeah, they do run the gamut from these like big, you know, really well produced, uh, highly moneyed docs to you know shit you find on YouTube. Um, you know the sort of hagiographies of of you know I'm sure there's somewhere you know in the in the far reaches of YouTube is an unfinished documentary on the Wrens or or right. Jason Molina, um, and. Also, you know, there are these unauthorized biography or, you know, uh, documentaries that you don't know that you're getting the unauthorized version until you turn it on and you realize that there is no recorded music licensed to a particular documentary. <laughs> There's like a, a, a keyboard riff that sounds faintly yeah. like the... Uh, yeah, yeah, sort of like what Jake Brennan does on, on Disgraceland yeah. where he just plays the uh, Casio tone because he can't afford the license. Which is brilliant, um, a long by the running way. joke that do, yeah that doesn't get any less funny as no. you go on, but yeah, uh, I kind of yeah, break I mean, it up into um, I mean I think to your point like the the long form like production that is you know a Scorsese film or um, you know a band that we're not super fond of but respect kind of in the sense of their place in time and history a Grateful Dead doc that was on uh, Netflix I believe what a long strange trip it's been and and. Uh, you know, where you had sort of a 10-part series. Um, and then you have kind of just fascinating people like George Harrison, and, and those are just so well done and, and long. And then there's the cult documentaries for me. So it'd be, you know, uh, the documentary on Stone Rose's reunion show. Was that Made of Stone? Is that the name of that doc? Yeah. Which I highly true. recommend, but is, is a sliver of time. Also made by an auteur, by the way. Right. Um, Shane Black. Sliver of time. That, you know, I don't know that <laughs> too many people I know would even know what the hell that was, you know. And then um, and then there's the kind of culty, like, you know, the devil and Daniel Johnston or, or um, you know, Dig, the the uh, infamous sort of oh, Brian yeah. Jonestown massacre and, and uh, you know. Da- or, yeah. Um, God, Dandy Warhols. Yeah, I can't. Uh, Doc, which just sort of was another kind Still of. Still like, my vote for the worst name in the history of rock music. Yes, definitely, and uh, probably one of the most annoying bands as well, but had a couple of gems. Um, you know, or, or then there's also kind of the the historical, like the Muscle Shoals, you know, where it's like, oh, mm-hmm. cool, I had no idea how badass that was. Or, yeah, or, you there's know. some, I mean, you know, you, I, let's, well, let's break them down a little bit because, yeah. you know, I think in that first, uh, you know, as we mentioned, you know, let's let's go with the sort of big, you know, I guess if these were... Uh, feature, you know, actual theatrically released featured films. These would be the tentpole uh, documentaries. I think you're talking about History of the Eagles, which is yep. phenomenal. <laughs> Side <laughs> if one. Nothing else. Side one. Yeah. Which is you know phenomenal for so many things and and so you know sort of illustrative of the excess of the time and just what a bunch of just how much of a douchebag you can turn into if you're given yeah it's the, it's the ultimate excess of of a 70s asshole rock and i will say turn me to the eagles which is strange because the eagles were a band that i i um kind of took pride in hating and uh, especially in my youth as my friends would try and play the eagles greatest hits album at parties and mind you this was the early 90s um in suburban new jersey but uh but like um you know, I kind of got it after that talk. I was like, "Oh, these guys! Wow, they can they can really sing all of them and harmonize and write catchy songs." It's funny, you know, how a doc can do that to you. It can kind of take you to a place that you didn't think you'd ever go. 
Yeah, it can give you a deeper understanding, certainly. I think that one in particular, you know, I think it did return me to being an Eagles fan. I was an Eagles fan as a kid, um, you know, as a collector of 45s. I mean, they, when they were on the charts, um, you know, I still have a, a pretty harsh reaction to certain songs like oh, Hotel yeah. California and New Kid in Town. But, um, you know, some of their breezy, easy breezy country rock stuff is pretty great. Um, but that's a really good documentary. And it, you get to hear Glenn... F- oh, Glenn sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt Glenn you on the Eagles. No, no. I was just going to say you get to hear Glenn Fry physically threaten Don Felder um, in the middle of a concert. Yeah. And I don't believe they ever they spoke again after that. You, you have one thing to do. <laughs> one song to sing. Yeah. Sing it, boy. I'm going to kick your ass. Um, you know, but uh, under that, you know, banner is Elvis the Searcher, another yeah. a very well done documentary. George Harrison's Living in the Material World. Yeah, I love Crossfire that. Crossfire Hurricane. Tom Petty, Running Down a Dream, uh, Grateful Dead, Long Strange Trip. These are all sort of giant, you know, uh, you know, billboard on Sunset Boulevard kind of uh Well, and the releases. ones you just mentioned, too, I think, unlike some of the... Because mis- I, I, there's also sort of that, that layer below, and we don't need to go down a rabbit hole, but and you, if you feel like this is a different genre, go ahead. But, like, the Don't Look Backs, Bob Dylan, the Woodstock, you know, that kind of... Well, by accident, ones, yeah. yeah, moment in time. But I feel like these are also historical, but done by the people of that time, um, but with today's kind of technology and today's film editing. And so there's a there's a kind of um, enjoyable... Like Remastering. Where, yeah, where, you know, Woodstock was sort of a camera running and uh, you kind of caught something amazing. Or same with Monterey Pop or something like that, and don't and even don't look back for that matter. You know, just sort of put a camera on and, and watch Bob, a twenty-two-year-old Bob Dylan, be an asshole, um, and blow people's minds and piss people off by going electric. These are more nuanced, where it's kind of telling the story of that, but but splicing in a lot of like really kind of valuable footage too. And I think that's one cool thing about all of the ones you mentioned is there's no shortage of footage of the Grateful Dead or or. Um, you know, uh, the Eagles are those guys. There, there's a lot of stuff to unearth there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think there's, you know, there, there's, you know, a different, there's this, you know, sort of sub-genre of, like, the super carefully curated um, real-time version of that. I mean, I think Madonna's Truth or Dare would fall into that category um, you, from you, back yes. in 1990. And that's also the self-documentary, which is a different world, too. Where I mean, I think a lot of these guys have control over what the content is in general, or at least to say um, you would have to, but uh, unless you're dead, and then your family does. But yeah, Truth or Dare was really kind of a real-time, you know, um, making. Image a, molding. Yeah, yeah totally. I remember how controversial I mean, just f- that was. <laughs> yeah, yeah I saw it in a theater in New Haven. Beatty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was pretty funny, actually. Um, you know, there, there's, there's, you know, and, and recently there's been some, you know, pretty good ones um, that are, are less, um, you know, less high production, less high, you know, sort of hyped. But um, Linda Ronstadt's The Sound of My Voice, which was produced by CNN, which is quite good. Uh, Rush 40, which is the 40th anniversary of Rush, um, a band, again, that I'm not wild about. But, like, you know, their story is really interesting. And um, it's, you know, it's worth watching. It's it's very fun. Um, 
you know, uh, again, you mentioned made of stone. Pulp. There's a, there's also uh, a kind of there's sort of a art arty um, cinematic, and these are kind of hit and miss. I think. Um, you throw amazing grace film, in that. That second. Oh yeah, too. amazing grace is pretty great. Um, but there's also this sort of you know there's oh, through the years there's been this sort of artsy. Um, you know, l- let's not make it uh, your stereotypical doc. And a lot of those are sort of layered found footage, archival stuff. And, <clears throat> you know, I would put um, Filth and the Fury in that montage category. Yeah, Montage of Heck. Uh, X is the Unheard Music. Um, West Way to the World. Yeah. And, you know, which is uh, The Clash. You know, the, the Pulp. Uh, started in a supermarket and uh, mystify the the new Michael Hutchins. And again, results vary depending uh, probably on how much you like the artist, but these are much more dependent because they're not straight um, narrative storytelling uh, movies that, you know, it really probably depends on your level of fandom for the band. I'm a huge fan of the unheard music, the X documentary, but, I don't think if you were not a fan of X that you could really even follow that film. Yeah, I understand it. I think same with um, Filth and the Fury or Montage of Montage of Heck, maybe a little more. But there was there there's a a, a freedom and kind of artistic freedom in those that I, I think take them to a different level. Um, and I agree. I think there's some too, like, I think, you know, Unheard Music kind of falls into what I was saying too, where there's like a cult thing, like the Big Star documentary, or, you know, there's bands that that I think uh, if you're a music fan that you really like and you just don't know that much about because they weren't that big. And and I mean, you know everything about X because you were a fan in real time, but to have Mm -hmm. it sort of, uh, have it uh, treated in that fashion is kind of exciting for I think a fan too. You know, you get to see you, a, you get to see more than you ever knew, and then and then you also are. It's almost like a validation, right, to some degree. Mm-hmm. Like um, I felt like the Big Star doc was like that, or even the Daniel Johnston doc, which I know you didn't like as much, or you felt was kind of long and just sad. But you know, I just I was in Austin when you know Daniel had kind of come back on the scene a little bit and so was ended up around him at times not friends or anything like that or more than a hello but um but at the same time it was just you know you realize that like oh and there's like it's a pretty sad documentary and kind of it shows a lot of stuff that you just didn't get to see there because it wasn't the ac- media access that we have today yeah I mean I think there's a, a number of those in Texas there's a a Doug Somm documentary and a uh, Rocky Erickson documentary. And actually the new ZZ Top documentary is quite good. Um, but, uh, yeah, like the, the Rocky Erickson one and the Daniel Johnson one particularly are, are, are real bummers, yeah. <laughs> I found. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's they're, a mental anguish. And then, but, I mean, I think yeah. the thing that you – the cool I think when a really good music documentary has is a piece that, like, you didn't quite understand at the time – um, and I don't yeah. know if the unheard music necessarily had that for you, know, knowing how big an X fan you were. But you know, for Big Star, it's like a, it's one thing that you always hear about this band, like oh, they could have been huge, they could have been huge, you know. And and you want to think that was the consensus, but it's kind of nice to hear it was, you know. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And and or you know, it was real. Or, or the Daniel Johnson thing, where it was sort of kind of cool to have this guy who was a little unstable play at your record store until he kind of gets really unstable and it's uncomfortable you know it's scary and uh and those are things that you know you know just didn't kind of put 
two and two together. It's less of a, the, the, I guess it kind of unmasked, you know, the, the people and the actual hum, humanity of, of these situations. And, and, and there's so many, you know, or even the Kurt Cobain thing where, you know, Kurt Cobain was huge for my age group and in my life. And, and certainly I remember being like very heartbroken when he died as a teenager and, and uh, getting to see him live with you, which we've talked about on this pod before. But then also just kind of the, the you know, and I'll, I'll be blunt here, the, the grossness of him and Courtney Love holding their baby high as shit on heroin, you know? Yeah. Um, you kind of see some things. Sorry not to be doom and gloom here, but um, but I think that it, it gives you a scope of like uh, – that you can still admire the genius and the and the flaws that you didn't used to always get um, in general, especially in the music industry. I think back in the day, I mean, it was there, but it wasn't it wasn't uncovered to some degree. I think today there's just so much more media that you see a lot more of it. Yeah, one I would throw in that you know I don't think a lot of people have seen, or or I think a lot of people would probably be reluctant to watch because it's you know it's a very niche kind of style of music. But um, Lamb of Gods, as the palace burns, I don't know if you've ever seen that. I haven't. Is that the death metal? <laughs> it is a. It's a Lamb of Gods. A, Take a, a wild guess. A, no, Lamb of Gods, a, a metal. You know, a, a, you know, a metal band. Um, you know, very very heavy. Yeah, um, is it you know, metal Norwegian? band from Richmond, Virginia, oh, Richmond, led by okay. a guy named led by a guy named Randy. So you know, <laughs> their, their, your intimidation factor goes down a couple times, a couple of clicks. Uh, a being from the town that you were originally from, and and uh, and B being led by a guy named Randy. But um, what happened to Lamb of God was they were. Uh, particular, I think Randy Wythe is the is the guy that was actually accused and and detained, um, was accused of or was held responsible for the death of one of his concert goers in Eastern Europe, and the the movie really, um, you know, sort of documents the anguish of a you know being some, you know, to some degree responsible for a, a fan's death, but also um, being legally um, respo- held responsible in a foreign country oh, wow. uh, where you... I do remember you know, where you're, about this. It's really good, and um, I, would, uh, I would highly recommend it. It's, it, you know, it plays out like a really good movie, and it, there's a, you know, there's a real humanity to it. And I think, in, you know... It, a lot of times, documentaries start out being about one thing and wind up being about another. Yeah, as you, as you know example. well, who uh, in the process of finishing up a documentary. Yeah, um, as a documentary producer <laughs> <It's> a doc- <laughs> myself. Exactly. Um, but it, it is true. It, it really, you know, there, there's a there's a sideways movement in this. I believe what was, you know, probably embarked upon to be a document. A, you know, document of their European tour turns out to be the document of a multi-year legal battle with a lot of, you know, with the fear of life in prison and potentially maybe a death sentence. I can't remember wow. uh, this, how high the stakes were because I haven't seen it in about five years. But um, it is, uh, you know, I, I highly recommend it. And that is proof positive of that thing that says, you know, watch these documentaries because, you know, they take you in some Surprising places, particularly the ones that you don't think you'd want to watch. Well, I think yeah, that's. I mean, you mentioned Rush Forty, which is one that I, I think I didn't necessarily want to watch. Um, and we might talked about the Eagles. Let's take a quick break and come back. And I want to touch on two things. But 
if there is any Lamb of God music on Spotify, Damien, let's cue something up. If not, let's be Take It Easy by the Eagles. Welcome back to the Brother, Brother, Brother pod. It's uh, Wynn and I today talking about docu- documentaries, music doc- docs, and, uh, you know, some of our faves. And, um, you know, I think one thing we've, we've sort of differentiated is there's the one shot where you somebody makes a film about a, a band or an artist or, a, you know, solo artist, and then there's the the multi multi sort of uh, historical doc where you know it, it too can be about a band, but a gen, you know sometimes even about an entire genre of music and uh, the I anthology. Think, yeah, series. I think we just uh, we did a pod, you know, probably about ten episodes back or so, um, or maybe more on the country doc that Ken Burns did, and that's those are you know something that I think kind of bring in a lot of different people because it, it's almost a. Um, well, say it's a history, right, of, of our country or, or, you know, in general. And then you also just have, like, uh, you know, a, a sweeping detail about a genre that, that uh, you know, even if you don't enjoy it, it's just fun to watch, you know. Yeah, it was pretty comprehensive. I loved that. Yeah, I thought it was amazing. And, I mean, he did also the jazz, which I'm not a big jazz fan, and but, too, just the historical context and the – the different things that, that somebody like Burns brings into it. The same way you can watch, you know, anything he does, really. Mm-hmm. But in, yeah. aside from that, um, there's also kind of the the doc that I didn't... I had no fucking clue, you know, like <laughs> The Wrecking Crew or, um, yeah, you know, Muscle Shoals, those, where you're like, whoa! Yeah, I think they fall under the, the, the sort of subheading of, you know, documentation of a scene or a, or a movement, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or sound, or yeah, well, yeah, same kind of thing. And also word of mouth a little bit. Like, I think you might have been like, check out the Wrecking Crew doc, and then I've turned 10 other people onto it. And and, uh, and if you're a music fan, I think these really hit music fans hard. I mean, there's nothing, the grooves and the amount of, like, it's also about the no-names, right? I think the cool thing about these docs yeah. is you have a story about, you know, the drummer Jim who, you know, like honestly looks like he could be on the desk of a convenience store anywhere in the South, Southeastern yeah, us or, you know, and how Blaine uh, and Carol Kane and yeah. Glenn Campbell and, and you know, all these great players, bass lines to the beach boys and, you know, and every soul song we love so much. Yeah. I mean, Al Cooper's, you know, uh, organ riff at the beginning of like a Rolling Stone. I mean, some of the most iconic noises yeah. that have ever you know uh, walked to the earth, for lack of a better term. I mean, you know the the you know the bass lines from Good Vibrations. All yeah. of, you know, the, it's it's really cool. Twenty Feet from Stardom was another one, and I believe that won the Oscar, which yes. is you know about backup singers, um, yeah. which is just a really cool. 
idea and, uh, so, you know, really turned out to be a very fruitful subject. I mean, you know, the fact that the same woman sings back up on Sweet Home Alabama, Gimme Shelter, and... Uh, Dark Side of the Moon, for Christ's sake! I mean, no, no, nobody, it's amazing. Nobody knows who no, she is. Her name. Yeah, no, yeah. and I think that that was. I think those. That's a genre on its own that I think is is. And again, I think it kind of covers somebody who is a music fan in general. But you don't have to be, um, you know, you don't have to know who X is to watch those and and enjoy. Um, yeah, the amount of information you're gonna get, and just the the cool stories behind it, and then the people, just how I think it's also the opposite of rock. Um, fantasy or rock stardom they're obviously rock stardom because they're not stars they're you know we don't know their names until these movies come out but um, no these are people who are carrying guitar cases instead of briefcases to work yeah every day. I was gonna say these are these are the accountants of rock you know yeah. um, they, but but they you know can lay down some of the best most iconic music you've ever heard and, and you know just an interesting story too on, on how like little some of these bands played initially you know it really was these kind of house bands that did uh, the heavy yeah. lifting. Yeah, I mean, you you think about a lot of the recording, and you know, when people weren't allowed to write their own songs. I mean, you've got yep. these. <clears throat> you know, I mean, I know this from reading books, but you know, you, the the Archie's "Sugar Sugar" is written by the guys who were in Ten CC. Right. You know, I mean, it's it's nuts. Like the kind of the you know the Carol Kings of the world and Burt Bacharach and Hal Davids and and these famous song. You know. Um, these, you know, these people that wrote dozens and dozens of, of other people's songs, Neil Diamond, Neil Sadaka, those, you know, the Brill Building people. It's, it's really cool. I, I, I don't know that there is a Brill Building uh, doc out, but um, if if there is, I haven't I haven't run past no, it. And I'm sure it's... Uh, I'm going to have to make it. <clears throat> I'm sure it's in production. Um, the other then, you know, I mean, and, and we, you know, as we water it down a little bit, uh, you know, we, we joked about behind the music on VH1, but it was a very, um, important show. Oh, I wasn't joking. I think <laughs> I loved that show <laughs> I, I and I've seen, know. I believe all of them. There's yeah. a British show. If you haven't seen it, um, that resides on Amazon, uh, in the nether regions of Amazon <laughs> called classic albums where they just dissect, um, classic albums, and it was a BBC production back in my guess is the mid '90s. Um, still very watchable because the classic albums haven't changed. And no. basically, they talked to you know the engineers, the Glenn Johnses, and the you yep. know George Martin types that uh, were responsible uh, for for putting together these amazing records that that kind of exist. In uh, I, I was having this conversation recently. With someone like with Christian, I think, and and I would love your take on it too, because you know, for me, the seventies were experienced in real time. I you know, I was I remember listening to the top forty when you know Led Zeppelin, Aerosmith, Debbie Boone, and Olivia Newton-John were all in the top twenty. You know what I mean? It was a weird mishmash of shit. What all of that stuff to you? Is probably classic rock and doesn't really feel like it has an origin. Yeah, with the exception, like of, it's always uh, existed. Yeah, it's always existed, with the exception of sort of uh, maybe Olivia Newton-John because I, I I have a pretty strong foothold in the early '80s um, music as well, and uh, I think yeah, it's weird. I guess so. For me, you're you know '90 early '90s '80s would have been like pre my. Um, 
really, I mean, I think I was young and found a, a interesting music through you and, and things like that. Like, I definitely got into the Pixies and the late 80s in real time. I got into some really cool stuff in real time at a very young age. But at the same time, um, yeah, you had that kind of, like, you know, OM, anything from New Wave to hair metal taking over to, you know, um, all of that that now is probably classic rock to other people, you know. But and, I think of, and, when I think about classic rock, like Steve Miller Band or, or Bachman Turner Overdrive, like that stuff to me, I, I would imagine to you, sounds like it just exists. It was never made. Yes, I, I <laughs> wouldn't, I would never even think about it. I, I don't think of a time where an actual Steve Miller album ch- was on the charts, you know what I mean? Right. I know a greatest hits collection and, uh, and yeah, those bands, I, that's kind of the greatest hits. It's like the Eagles to me, right? I don't even know mm-hmm. what Eagle albums there are, you know, in Hotel California, I guess, but like, but I know that goddamn greatest hits album with the, you know, Indian painted Eagle skull or whatever on it. Yeah. Um, you know, and that, that's what you kind of know, yeah. Now, that's my joke every time I leave Dodger Stadium because it's always sort of like dusk. And yeah. you look out, and it's the hills with the palm trees on it. And I'm like, yeah. every time I fucking walk in and out of this place, it's like an Eagles album cover. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's, yeah, it's funny. And I think the behind the music really captured a lot of that stuff. And to your point, it's kind of the dateline of rock documentaries, right? It's um, yeah. <laughs> the guilty pleasure, whereas you, you yeah. definitely have, even if the crash isn't that big, you know, it'd be like, new kids on the block, and then done. It's like Law and Order. Went it's like solo, p- you know, or something. Flipping on like, Law and Order. It's like, yeah. you know, there's going to be 30 minutes of this and 30 minutes of that. Yeah, and, and you know, the, the, the tragedy can be as bad as, like, Lane Staley from Alice in Chains, like, you know, living off heroin for the last two years of his life, to, you know... Um, Donnie Wahlberg leaving, wanting to go solo in the New Kids, you know, and, but they still are met with the same, same uh, level severity. of drama. <laughs> yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. No, I love that. It's like, but behind that, there was a terrible, terrible problem. You know. Yeah. I mean, I honestly um, think I have to say, like, and I, when I was flying for business uh, a lot, I, um, you know, that that's a constant. If you if jet blue quite a bit on the East, East Coast airline, but um. But, you know, you, you end up with DirecTV there. So VH1 Classic and uh, Behind the Music was, like, a mainstay. And I swear to God, Kansas must have, like, a fix-in on, on – uh, Kansas and um, – who's the other one? Uh, it's Kansas, Mr. Roboto, and Dustin the Wind. Sticks. No, Sticks, Sticks sorry, Mr. Sticks. Roboto. Sorry, yeah. Sticks, I think, has, like, a, a permanent slot just on Behind the Music. And it's not even that interesting. It's like, no. I think I've watched that one more than any, and I'll still watch it. Yeah, that's, it's, a, it's a, well, they've got the front man who, who writes yeah, show Yeah, they've tunes. got Clash between rock and, and Broadway, basically. Yeah, and then, you know, the two brothers, the, the one who almost dies of alcoholism and the one that dies of AIDS. Um, so it's, you know, there's a, there's a lot in sticks. There's a lot more, again, the the sticks documentary is so much more interesting than any sticks album that was ever released. Or sticks song for that matter. Yeah. (laughs) Um, you know, definitely more interesting than their greatest hits. That's the beautiful thing. I mean, and, and every single, um, you know, every single hair metal band rode the exact same. Oh, my God. I mean, yeah, just, I mean, you could literally interchange Poison with Molly Crew with, um, you know, 
uh, rat with whoever you want, and and uh, it's it's completely the same. And and I think that's a good jumping off point to the hair metal piece to the cult docs that we kind of dig and and decline of Western civilization too, <laughs> um, being high on the list of of just watchable nonsense, you know. Well, I can just say that if if decline of Western civilization part one was never made, then. Decline of Western Civilization Part 2 would be the greatest documentary of all time. <laughs> Absolutely. And, I mean, these are cult classics where you have a subgenre music, and, and I think metal at the time was, was becoming quite big for Part 2. But, um, but you know, the first one, for those of you that don't know, is punk rock So in L.A., so X, who aforementioned X, uh, Circle Jerks. Which I saw, I think, Black four Flag. times in the movie theater. Right, um, the Germs, and then you've got the second one, which is pretty much middling L.A. hair metal bands. Um, I mean, like Faster Pussycat and yep. <laughs> uh, and Wasp and <laughs> right <laughs> the bands that are still playing the Whiskey a Go Go, basically, um, yeah. with you know one member with that one died. original member. Yeah. No, it's and it's and they're both you know just well done, but it, you know it's another one too. Is and I think those documentaries also, and and we talked about. And I'll go to uh, kind of the indie cult classics like Dig and, um, you know, uh, the, you know, your punk broke and things like that. So, you know, I do remember consistently you have hero worship, you know, if you're a music fan to some degree or, you know, you, you think of these people as cool or, you know, um, somewhat interesting. And, and you watch those documentaries and you realize pretty quickly <laughs> there's two well, schools. The- there's, you know, the uncool who are just good at playing instruments. And there's like really dumb, uninteresting people who are fucked up, you know. Yeah, I mean, dude, I forgot actually until you just mentioned it, but uh, I am trying to break your heart. The Wilco documentary from two thousand two oh, yeah, that Sam list. Jones yeah. did is really good. Yeah, um, we'll, we, I'll mention that one later. But yeah, I think anytime there's a there's a um, there's somebody else involved who's a professional. Um, I think we we talked about this a lot with you know when we talked about Bob Mayer's Trouble Boys book. Yeah, um, <clears throat> you know when you've got an objective researcher and a good writer, um, which Bob Mayer checks all the boxes, um, you, you know, you avoid the sort of hagiography that comes with, um, that usually comes with, you know, self-financing, um, a documentary about a band that you love. And those become very unpleasant experiences. Um, the, you know, YouTube is littered with, with mostly finished versions of, um, you know, uh, you know, bands like, um, I don't know. I watched one recently on Brainiac, you know, or, yeah, I watched some of that too. And it's, it's, um, bitch magnet or, right. Even there's a replacements one that has like just talking heads and I'll watch it cause I like them enough. Color me impressed. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not good. You know, it's, um, it's fandom and it's sort of people talking about why they like the replacement so much. Yeah. It's why are they so great? And followed by why are they so great? Yeah, and I think the and difference between. A, sorry to cut you off there. Um, were you going to have something after why are you so no, great? No, no, no. I was. Yeah. No, no. Go for it. No, I was just going to say that I think the big difference too is capturing some of the real monotony and, um, and inner workings. Like the Wilco documentary is great because it's a band kind of hitting their peak and going up against, you know, another mistake, right? This wasn't meant to be a documentary. In, in the way it was, but, you know, a band kind of shedding members, having some inner conflict, and then also having a, a huge record 
deal go south at the same time as making their their most iconic album, which is just an interesting story. And to mm-hmm. see those inner workings was really cool. Um, I think like Dig similarly and less professional, but is you know just kind of the debauchery of of a again an unstable band and a band that's trying to make it big and that band really taking advantage of the other band in real time you know um and uh it's kind of interesting there or you know you and i mentioned and i think lesser um i don't know who did it and and uh there's an, a documentary about you too on octung baby which is again a band in transition i mean the biggest band in the world at the time um admitting like that they were out of gas, you know, <laughs> and just like had no more creative energy and kind of like looking at themselves as like, oh, like, what are we doing? And completely. No, that's, that's really good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that is that's as much of warts and all as you're ever going to get of a band that big because they have veto power. But you you have there's some pretty unflattering moments in that and some fairly, you know, I mean, obviously. Um. Probably yeah, some well humility and, too, which yeah. is always good to see with those groups, you know. Yeah, um, the kind of humility that that would never uh, really uh, appeared in in the dirt by Motley Crue. <laughs> no, there's there's not a lot of humility with the crew. <laughs> by the way, great book. <laughs> yeah, um, no. Actually, you want let's. Let's take a quick break and we'll go through a couple of, you know, we'll make a, uh, our, actually we'll go through our top five music docs of all time. Yeah, definitely. And um, what should we go out on? Should we go out on uh, Kickstart My Heart by Molly Crew just for the fuck of it? Fuck yeah. <laughs> Back to the Brother 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 podcast. Today we are talking um, about one of our favorite subjects: music documentaries. Uh, something that <clears throat> I have spent an unimaginable amount of my life viewing. Um, and one thing I wanted to do just quickly before we get into our top five uh, is differentiate between you know the sort of music anthology series, uh, which is a, a very valuable and fun to watch. Uh, and I particularly would want to give a nod to, uh, the Laurel Canyon and punk, um, anthology series on epics, which are pretty good. Um, metal, a headbangers journey, which is, uh, both fun because it covers a lot of uh, different genres of heavy metal. And also because it's got the most Canadian host of all time. Uh, and you know, thing again, um, you know, can't stop, won't stop. Um, 
and uh, I, you know, I'm sure there's uh, countless others that I'm that I'm not remembering off the top of my head. Um, but the other thing I want to do was say that you know we didn't we purposely did not include what um, you know some of these are borderline doc borderline concert films. We didn't include any concert films on this, and yeah, obviously, Gimme Shelter, Last Waltz, Woodstock, Stop Making Sense, Shut Up and Play the Hits. LCD. Shut up and play the hits, a classic. Um, you know, are all great films, but they're they're sort of not falling under the the auspice of what we're talking about today. No, um, so, sorry, Jer- I'm gonna throw one more genre out there before we go into the top five. But go ahead, I keep no, please off. go for it. Um, there is the genre too of the unknown band that really should have stayed unknown, and I'm just <laughs> gonna look at you, Anvil, and. Uh, uh. And what was the other one? There was like a punk, an all African American black punk band called like Death or something. Death, yeah. Yeah, and those sucked. You know, like those bands weren't that good. So don't get fooled, yeah, they, but those tend to get a little critically acclaimed. I will say uh, a good doc, which almost feels like a movie, Searching for Sugar Man, mm-hmm. is actually a good doc. Um, and again, you know, I don't know, the music was not, not necessarily what made that doc great, but. Uh, but you do get those every once in a while where somebody's discovered this like you know unknown classic and it's just not an unknown classic. Um, yeah. The story is not as interesting as they make it out to be. Yeah, and they were so, never going to be as big as as um, you know the, the sort of uh, you know the, 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 it's always billed as a sort of criminal oversight and it's not always a criminal oversight. Sometimes it's simply uh, a matter of taste. Yep. Um, but anyway, I was going to uh, use that as a lead-up to top five music docs of all time. Yeah, this is hard, um, just because I, I kind of had a, a bunch on here that I, that I you know, it, this was as hard as making any list that we make, to be honest, for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to start at five, or do you want to kind of go from sure. one down? Sure. Um, this, again, like, I could have put... A number of docs here, you know, and, and the aforementioned Wrecking Crew, I, I fucking loved. Um, Dig, I really like. But I'm going to go with The Future is Unwritten, the Joe Strummer doc. I really, that doc hit me in a, a way, um, again, like, I love the Clash doc on its own merits, but um, I really like the depth of the, the Joe Strummer doc, and, and it's uh, one of my favorites. And I think kind of goes, um, it definitely has all the Clash that stuff that you want in there. But then he's just an interesting guy to me and always has been, and uh, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Nice. I'm going to go with uh, George Harrison. Yeah. Um, I was a big, I am a big uh, George Harrison fan. I'm a huge Beatles fan, and I learned a fair amount. And, and, you know, here's a guy that, you know, obviously played third fiddle, um, who is one of the biggest rock stars in the history of the planet, so it was an interesting insight into uh, into George Harrison's life. Also responsible for my favorite, maybe my favorite movie line of, of last year from Marriage Story, where, um, you know, uh, um, Scarlett Johansson's character is talking about how she just watched the George Harrison documentary and maybe just being someone great's wife is enough and then she yeah. finished watching it and realized she couldn't remember the George Harrison's wife's name and that is <laughs> one of the funniest Classic. pieces of writing I think yeah. I can recall so uh, I'll, I'll number give four it away. for you that, yeah. that's also on my list just so you know it's number two so I won't have to go go uh, in depth on that one but uh, number four for me is uh, we just talked about it I am trying to break your heart 
Um, again, I'm, I'm a big Wilco fan. It's, it's kind of my ex or replacements where I, I sort of um, hit that band, you know, at the end of their original band through this. And I just, you and I saw that at the theater at the Music Box in Chicago when I was living there. And uh, it was just a, a pleasant surprise. Like, they were on a run there that I really uh, still hold highly musically where I, you know, I always get excited when a band that I love kind of just keeps pumping out better stuff. And this was a nice little, like, cap and, and, and that. And I, I just liked seeing the, the making of the album and just what happened. I thought it was a really, really well done, Doc. For number four, I'm going to surprise you a little bit, probably, because it is absolutely a... a Function of filmmaking and execution over um, fandom, but uh, the Eagles. Yeah, Doc I, is my number four. The uh, history of the Eagles, part one. I just on think the it's, short list. It's it's just a really ins- insanely well done uh, piece of filmmaking, and again, uh, an insight that I didn't have into a band that, whether I liked it or not, was omnipresent in my life. So. Um, you know, it sort of made me like them more and hate them more all at the same time, and that's that is a uh, it's a nifty trick. Yeah, and uh, that's I think that and the Grateful Dead doc did that for me, and, and which were both on my short list. So, good choice. I think it's a really good doc as well. And sorry about the hacking in the background to our listeners. I have a a dog that I can't kick on air, but it's hacking <laughs> being loud. Um, so my number three is uh, where are we? Sorry, we're at, we're at number three. Yep. Yeah, um, number three. Cool. So it's going to be Sound City, the uh, Dave Grohl doc that, um, was that HBO or was it Showtime? I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, it was HBO. Yeah, HBO. I love that doc. And again, like, um, just that it's a doc on the studio Sound City in LA, the emphasis on bands who record there having to actually play and, you know, one of the most sort of like bare bones, but iconic studio and just the stories of, you know, Mick Fleetwood, you know, walking by a young you know, Stevie Nicks and um, Lindsay. Lindsay Buckingham, you know, just strumming out songs and being like, oh, this is our new band, you know. Just shit like that is priceless. And I just thought that doc was excellent. I thought Dave Grohl has done a really good job in general um, in any kind of thing that he's done, documenting music. Yeah. Um, and I loved all his city things as well. Um, I thought those were really fun and good. But Sound City, I, I thought I kicked it off, and I really love that doc and could watch it a Yeah, bunch of times. that's a great call because I, I watched that as much as I watched any and uh, frankly forgot about it to put it on my list but uh, my number three is not surprisingly the Big Star documentary Um, it is I think again it's one of my favorite bands but also um, you know it's it's a sad story that they never hit it's you know it is what it is but it also you know sort of documents the the difficulties of being a band back then and and the sort of shortcomings of the of the industry that that you know probably kept them from or kept them as an undiscovered gem for so many generations it also has one of my favorite openings of all time where the uh, story about the um american society of music journalists lester bangs they were going to unionize and they met in a holiday in memphis and big star was hired to be the house band so you don't get more nerdy than that pretty great and uh yeah nothing can hurt me big star doc and uh also uh co-directed by olivia maury who um is partnered with a friend of mine from austin mark jarrett so uh good job olivia It's it's a great movie and and uh 
and a lot of um, even again another one where it's kind of cool to your point where you know even if you're not a big star fan it's just the the story of the music industry and that band's kind of like almost breaking it is uh, pretty great um, my number two was George Harrison so we don't need to go into that but um, I'll jump up to uh, your number two gladly well my number two and my number one are inextricably linked so what's your number okay. one so my number one is actually the Filth and the Fury of the Sex Pistols doc. Nice. Um, uh, you know, yeah, and again, like, I um, I didn't, I was talking actually to Christian, and we were talking about, like, just music, and I remember, you know, back in the day, um, being, like, stuck in poetry class and turning in, like, pavement lyrics and stuff and, and, you know, just kind of faking it, and then reminded me of the time in eighth grade when I did a world or world changing history event report on the sex pistols and the sex pistols was my uh <laughs> my topic because they changed music in my mind um while other kids were doing like world war ii and things like that and not that i was some you know just eccentric kid i was i feel like pretty normal but i i just like music a lot and uh and so yeah our, our mother let us let me do a report in eighth grade on the sex pistols but um but that movie kind of um i feel like for a lot of my life the sex pistols were kind of pushed aside as uh, an art project from Malcolm McLaren, a little bit of a, a joke, jokes on you kind of thing. And I have always thought that album is fantastic. And uh, and it was great to hear the band kind of come back. And it, it is a bit of an indictment on Malcolm McLaren for sure. And uh, his kind of crediting the band for everything. And, and to hear like, these guys are pretty fucking serious too, you know, about changing things and about, you know, like that little blast in the past, like they're proud of what they did. And, and uh and it's also just a great story of that time in England and the U.S. and, you know, um, all the things that were going on with, with punk. Yeah. And I was in England in the... Well, you you were in utero uh, in the yeah. summer of 76 um, when, we, when we were, you know, spent the summer over there. And, and uh, it was a... It was a nutty time. It was it was frightening and so exhilarating. I mean, I was a kid, so I was frightened by these people, but fascinated. It was, yeah, I love that. It yeah, there was, was something trend. cool about it and scary at the same time. I, I, not that not that I was alive then. I, you were real time, but I, I think punk always had that appeal to me, unlike hair metal and some of the other genres. Yeah, um, no, it was legitimately that, uh, dangerous. Yeah, there was something on edge there. And, and uh, another note there, I do, I just love the, the technique of every time they had recordings of Malcolm McLaren on there, it would be this inflating S&M mask, you know? <laughs> it's, it's like when his, he was up for his voiceovers, which I thought was pretty cool. But anyway, yeah, your, your dual my one number, and two. My one and two are, are not surprisingly Decline of Western Civilization Part 2 and Decline of Western yeah. Civilization Part 1. Nice. Uh, yep. Penelope Spheris' landmark... Uh, documentaries on the burgeoning heavy metal scene on Sunset Strip in the 80s and the burgeoning punk scene in God knows where in the squalor of Hollywood in 1979. And, uh, you know, just, you know, it sort of hit at the right time. For whatever reason, I can't remember, um, the Decline of Western Civilization uh, was not released um, until several years after it was made. So it came out, I believe, in 1985 in the theaters. And I saw it I'm close to, you know, probably a half dozen times. Um, we lived in suburban Boston at the time. And I, you know, would take the subway into Cambridge. And, and I went to see it at the Orson Welles Cinema, which um, 
very soon after burned to the ground. Um, but it was a, you know, it was a life changer. Uh, it was one of the, you know, sort of great document documentaries. And it is a great documentary in the sense that uh, in both cases, I think they transport you to the time when these things were made. And, um, you know, just sort of it's it's impossible to be a casual observer. You feel very much like you're tossed in the middle of it. And it's, um, you know, it also, I think, illustrates what I've always tried to, um, you know, sort of properly explain about punk and when it started, which was that it it really wasn't a, there wasn't a uniformity of uh, thought or music or style. It was a weird kind of catch-all for an attitude so that, you know, bands like X and bands like Black Flag are, you know, sort of tossed into the same banner, but really have nothing in common in terms of their objectives yeah, music or... or music. And um, But they did fall into the same scene in the same way that, you know, the CBGB's scene is famous for producing this New York, you know, underground music that, you know, included Blondie, Talking Heads, Television, and the Dead Boys. And it's like, yeah, one of none of these have anything in common with each other, and um, so it, you know it, it really captures the spirit and and sort of re-explains or defines, if you will, the thought at the time that you know these were sort of collective, loose collectives, but not um, you know not copycats. Now both amazing and both changed my worldview on both film and and music for that matter. Um, yeah, so, uh, cool. Should we end this? Oh, we had one more thing, but I'm getting a little tight on time today. Should we yeah. uh, shelve it, or should we just quickly? No, just, it would be, just quickly. It would yeah. be your ultimate documentary that has, like, long-form doc that hasn't been done yet. The HBO four-hour documentary, and by whom? Yep. Um, I think it would be... Um, it would be Public Enemy. I really want to know nice. more about Public Enemy... Um, and by Spike Lee or by Demi? No, I, I I don't know if it would. I think Spike would have would throw too much style and and I don't and I think these I want it stripped down. I want to know what they were actually thinking when when this started. I, I um, you know, I, I'm not sure. It may be self it may be self directed, but I I I don't know who. Maybe I mean I, I, whoever the new Penelope Spheris is uh, is welcome yeah, to take the reins. Uh, nice. But it, it it's I I those that band was so you know monolithic and and mysterious to me when I was young and I saw them at New Year's nineteen eighty eight and uh, they're just fascinating to me and I want to know what the thinking behind how you make yourself larger than life like that. Yeah, that's a, that's a good call. PE would be very interesting. And uh, yeah, mine is one that I, we were talking about off offline the other day and feels like there's, this has been done, but it just hasn't, or at least not that I know of, but like a really true George Harrison style long form of, of, of Johnny Cash, who I think is just a fascinating American artist and character. And, you know, sounds kind of on the nose, right, for John, you know Johnny Cash because he's he's such a large part of any country doc you see, or um, you know, uh, the Ken Burns thing. He had a you know biopic made about him, but there's a 
I don't know. It'd just be cool to kind of have a really long, long comprehensive. Form. Yeah, and I don't know who like T Bone Burnett. I have no idea who the hell would direct that. Cohen, like, um, but um, you know, just something that that really could get in there. I just think there's such a rich that guy touched so many people's lives from all different genres. So I think that would be uh, an interesting one. And then uh, how sh- should we end this? Like we always do. When what are you listening to? What am I listening to? I'm going to kick it to you first. All right. Um, so I have uh, been watching some TV. I um, like going through like old Top Chefs. I mean, it's getting it's getting pretty slim out there. Um, I did watch Rough uh, Rough Gems, the the uncut gems, uncut gems. Sorry, um, which I, I didn't love as much as you got as you did, but it was definitely worth seeing. And then I've gotten I've gone and listened to some like older records. I have a old Silvertones like rock steady reggae record that came in my record club and uh, Feist Let It Die, which I hadn't listened nice. to in a while. Um, so kind of threw those records on um, over the weekend, start to finish. And uh, yeah, that's what I've been listening to. How about you? I've been listening to the Waxahachie a lot, but I you know I I've mentioned that before, and so I feel that's a cheat. Um, I watched Quiz on AMC, which is a, a good a three-parter about um, a cheating scandal on who wants to be a millionaire in the British uh, um, version starring Tom from Succession. And then I watched Vast of Night, which is a really interesting... It, it, whoever made this film, and I should know because I... I mean, I should mention who it is, but I, I, I named uh, escapes me at the moment. But it's it's one of those films that you saw in the '80s and '90s, like Blood Simple, where you 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 know the the film itself is is good and and but almost incidental to the fact that you're like, oh my god, this director is going to do some really really interesting shit because this is what they do with no budget. Yeah. Um, so check out Vast of Night. It's a weird '50s kind of, uh, you know, outer space. Um, but, uh, you know, kind of like a, a low-budget Close Encounters type movie. Nice. That sounds uh, excellent. Um, cool. Well, should we throw uh, a couple yes. of tracks on the on the playlist here? Yeah, hit it. Um, I'm uh, going to go with... Oh, sorry. Did you want to go or... You nope, to me or go for it. All right. I mean, there's always so many here, and it's that you know thing like we talk about where it's time and it doesn't pop in your head. But I'm going to go with the new pornographers off their first record, and I'm going to go with the body says no. Nice, nice. It's been a long time since I've listened to that. I'm going to cheat and throw on two. Actually, I'm going to cheat and throw on three. Um, nice. The two I'm putting on are Daisy Glaze and My Life Is Right by Big Star. Uh, in honor of their great documentary. And then I'm going to honor Christian's absence by putting on Farewell Transmission by Song Zahaya, which he seems to think he put on this list before and never yeah, has. Yeah, that, well, well, that's a good fill-in for him. Yeah, that's such a great song. And uh, a song that actually um, Waxahachie and Kevin Morby do a pretty good cover of too, but not, not a song that necessarily needs to be covered because it's so excellent. The original is so excellent, but they do a nice job. Cool. All right, um, well, all right, well next uh, time. Yeah, exactly. Go watch some TV. (laughs) Sounds good. Talk to you. I'm Wyndham Lewis. On behalf of my brothers, Jeremy Sartori and Christian Lewis, thank you very much for listening to the Brother, Brother, Brother podcast. Many thanks also to our heroic producer, Damian Kendall, and to Simon Doom for our epic intro music. Learn more about the pod at brotherpod.com. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook, and it's extremely helpful if you rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks again for listening.